scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. I like how when we I like how when we originally started recording this, we had to stop because a bunch of baby ducks wouldn't stop fucking playing Sea of Thieves, and we wouldn't stop fucking watching him. It's hypnotic. The beauty, the beauty of the sea. He took care of that. He did. He. Some would say too much. I mean, he gave it a lot of. Banana, he cool. gave it 40 nanners. <laughs> Gotta eat. <laughs> Hi, I'm your host, uh, Wendy uh-huh. Williams. Wendy Williams. With, nice. with your boy, Dr. Phil. Whoa. Dr. Swiss rolls over Fill there. you up. Fill you, you feeling in. Swiss? Today? Man. Or is it just Mondays? Dude, I'll trade you. It is Monday. At least ten bucks for that Swiss roll. <laughs> wow, that's like a that's a ten percent like increase, you know. Yeah, you walked in the gas station. You, you walked into the gas station. You didn't see me. No, I thought you were outside pumping gas the whole time. No, I'm like in, it'd I be great to have shit. snacks coming over, even though I'm like set anyways, but still. You just noticed this now. I ate two Ferrero Rochers. <laughs> Rochers. <laughs> It wouldn't be a surprise for you to have four wheels. For sure. Black bag. I figured you had. Yeah, you're carrying a garbage bag around. I got it from the gas station when I got all these snacks. Was that a crackle? Fuck. Wow. That is a a cracker. Haven't seen a crackle in a long time. My cracker. It's a good old crackle right there. So (laughs) I'm here with (laughs) Terry that's... Tiptoes. I'm here with Terry the Tickler. No. That ain't me anymore. And Harold Heavy Hands. I've evolved into something more. Something else? Yeah. I'm, uh... I'm Jerry the Jumbler. Alright. So I'm here with Jerry the Jumbler and Harold Heavy Hands. No. He's evolved into something more. Something else? Yeah, he's now Terrence Howard. Whoa. Terrence Howard, professional wrestler, and also part-time TV show therapist. I don't think he does either of those things, but I'd I'd be impressed if he did. <laughs> so... <laughs> if you don't agree with his, like, TV show philosophy and, like, therapy, he fucking pulls you into the ring and wrestles you. So, Terrence Howard is, You're a uh, fucking addict! Get in the ring. That's the guy from fucking uh, suplexes from Empire in the first uh, in the first Iron Man movie. Oh, he's okay. a, I he's thought a, you were talking Empire, like the insanely popular music TV show with uh, Terrence Howard, Terry P. Henson, <laughs> that girl. So, uh, Cookie. this is lots of pasta. Thug Booney, episode ninety-two. We've been trying to record. This uh, this fucking special for uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Some would say uh, a year. Oh, it's been about a, it's been about a year and a half. So give or take, give or take a year. 
But first, how many licks? Dabbed, dude. Yeah, he double dabbed. He double dog dabbed. He he's dead dabbing. Oof. Can't go to bed dab. So, uh, first thing I wanted to talk about. First things first. Some of the realist. I uh, I recently rewatched the movie Doom, starring. Oh no. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh. Carl Urban. And Rosamund Pike, fucking Gone Girl herself. So it's The Rock, Dread, and Gone Girl in a video game adaptation that is usually heralded as a terrible waste of time. Mm -hmm. I fucking love it. I think it is like Predator, but worse. And so much more beefy and pointless. And the fact that going further, it pisses off video game fans by having nothing to do with hell or demons is... And, and actually, what it is is based off of a book, apparently. And that's where the whole Mars alien DNA thing comes in. I don't really give a fuck. I think anyone who plays Doom for the plot is playing Doom for the wrong reason. So why would yeah, any... I love Keith Urban. Why would any of the fans be mad that a pointless action game got turned into a pointless action movie with a pretty good fucking cast? The guy who plays Goat is on a show, uh, Exorcist, right now, and he's fucking awesome on it. The guy who played fucking Portman was in 31, and he also plays the fucking Night King in Game of Thrones. I don't know who that character is. Portman. The asshole. Long hair. Dies in the fucking bathrooms. It's been a long ass time since I've seen it. See, the reason I'm bringing it up is because when we used to go laser tagging, Mm -hmm. we were a three-man team of Portman, Reaper, and Sarge. The three of us would be fags. And we'd play on a team and... (coughs) We did, like, a tournament at one point and lost, and it was awesome. And I just think the Doom movie is good, and people should stop complaining. Because it's stupid. Yeah, you know what other movie I really liked? I like uh, I like the direction they took with Jumanji. I actually did like the oh, new Jumanji. Um, I like the direction they're taking with Rampage. I'm okay with what they're doing oh, with Rampage. Shit. Um, see the Jumanji. Did you see the new Jumanji? I like the direction they're taking of Rocky Horror Picture Show. No, so <laughs> they um, it's almost a, it's a direct sequel. Oh. It shows the board turn into the game turn into the game system. It shows the game system evolve so that it always traps kids, and the ending has you know a good a good climax and it has a good meaning and most importantly uh jack black was meant to act like a high school girl uh, how it hasn't been done in a movie yet is really surprising cuz he is perfect in that fucking movie did you see the new jumanji 
No? No. You even have a movie pass. You have, like, a reason to see movies for free. I haven't been in the movies in and, and you didn't see Jumanji when it was in theaters. He doesn't go to see Jumanji made for free. Jumanji made Sony so much fucking money... Yeah, I heard. ...that they greenlit another Jumanji movie. Oh, no. And everyone's just like, how? <laughs> like, with the way the one... With the way uh, Jungle fucking ended, you're just like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I love Jungle Book. I can't wait to see the next Black Panther. <laughs> and about Rampage, it's just like, why is anyone mad? It's kaiju animal monsters fighting in a city. That's literally the game. Yeah, Lizzie doesn't look like Godzilla, and Ralph doesn't look like a giant fucking stupid-ass wolf. But George is very much a giant fucking monkey. But they were all humans, too. Yeah, but, like, that wasn't integral to the plot. That just, that puts the player in the spot for the game, but that doesn't make it... Well, when it Ralph doesn't gets, fucking matter. When Ralph They're gets giant beat monsters. up, and if he doesn't turn into a man that crawls away naked, I'm gonna be pissed. You know it's not going to do that, though. It literally shows in the trailer how they were animals first, and then they the get only radiated. The thing of that movie... Is going to be the trailer for some better movie. <laughs> Top of the morning. Hey, Terrence Howard's in the building. Terrence, give us one of your good old catch lines. <laughs> there you go. That was it. That was it. <laughs> Top of the morning. For you folks at home, he has like, what... It's like his zing. Our voices are like here, and like your voice is like a whisper. <laughs> so like... <laughs> Terrence, any good movie ideas? Yeah, sure. He's getting Swiss over there. What's the first thing that comes to your head when you when you think of the word Swiss? Cheese. Cheese? <laughs> you know I love cheese. What's your favorite cheese? Oof. You know, when I think of Swiss, it makes me think of Sweden. And Sweden makes me think of the word Sweden. Which then thinks, makes me think of Be Kind, Be kind Rewind. Rewind, yeah. Starring Jack Black. Oh. And an artist, most deaf. Most deaf what? Most deaf. Yeah, name who's the first, artist? First name most, second name deaf. Huh? Yeah, most definitely there's another guy in there. I get that. Who is it? Most deaf. Most definitely who? So, on this episode... We're reading... I thought you were going to pull his real name out. <laughs> I don't know his real name. <laughs> Call him really by his rapper alias. Why would I know his real name? I don't know. Sweepstakes! Anyway. He raps really well. His one yeah, album is really right. good. Miss Fat Booty is the best song ever. That's just the grossest thing I've ever heard. And I'm going to hate... I'm gonna hate listening to it again. <laughs> you know when I keep this stuff in there, it just makes you look like a jackass. Just out of context. We're in the middle of... We're in the middle of something, and you're just making waves to see them. Yo, Terrence, throw me my drink. Let me pop that bad bitch open. That was a Snapple cap. It did sound like one. I know, right? So, uh, what, what was your original reason that you wanted to do 
something about cities. <clears throat> the chicks. Yeah. No, this definitely <laughs> the chicks. You do it for the chicks, essentially. But I do it for the chicks, the hicks. Don't say it. And the clits. What? what? That doesn't run. What do you think I was going to say? You think I was going to say someone racist? I did. What racist term would I have used? The Blicks. Yeah. <laughs> Those art students. I love Dick Blick. Yeah. It's a great place to go. You it's get very you easy to steal things from that store. That too. Because no one, no one cares and everything's overpriced. Underpriced compared to what are you more, doing? Though. What are you eating? Don't worry about it. They're even artists. Mm. I hate that term. I hate that term with a passion. Yeah, but it's a stereotype for a reason. Yeah. I'm People bad. on French streets used to physically have to paint to feed themselves. <laughs> Your fucking face. <laughs> Reminds what the fuck me are you of, even eating? Reminds Were you me of, complaining that I got snacks without you or something? Reminds me of a video from like late 2009 about Pop odd, Rocks? I was gonna say either gummy worms or Pop Rocks depending on where you were looking. Get involved in this, please. You guys are just. I asked you a question. No, what made you want to do a city special? You want to see if I can on haunted boy. Thing, <laughs> I actually do. Yeah. <laughs> you look in pain from eating the first Swiss roll, so I would love <laughs> to watch you shove. I would say four to five inches of chocolate, Debbie, little, little Debbie mini bite chocolate roll into your fucking face. Yo, why didn't you get ho-hos? I know ho. <laughs> Fucking gag on it. <laughs> Did you bite it? No. Oh, good. No teeth. No teeth. Just shove it all in your mouth. I got like a yeah, little just, Spongebob no. thing when he had the chocolate bar and he was like... Yeah. Kind of like peeled off. I had that going on a little bit. That scene always concerned me when I saw... Oh, no. Now you're just oh. nibbling sensually on it. You said shove it all in your mouth, and I only saw you get, like, halfway. I tried. Ah. You know... You couldn't do it? If Strawberry Shortcake was here, he could have done it. He definitely could have done it. Oh, no. It's all in there. He did it, folks. He went where no man's gone before. Can't wait to hear your jaw pop. Or for you to choke on it. It's a lot of jaw pops. He's not even chewing. He's just holding on to it. He's dead. Savoring and savoring every last drop of saliva that he's either in Nirvana or he's dying. His I'd say somewhere closed. in between, like a purgatory. Now his eyes are slightly open, like he's lost, but seeking. I see chewing. He's moving forward. This is the hardest part. <laughs> Are you eating chips? <laughs> Alright, let's do this. I've been trying to do this for 20 minutes! He looks dumb. He survived. He made it through. It's the hardest part. 
So what made you want to do this episode? Yeah, so <laughs> a while ago, I would say almost a year ago, we were recording your first or second episode, and we got, like, completely fucking sidetracked on... Lately Morgan. Yeah, somewhere in Never there. Again. We were talking about melon heads, and we were talking about penitentiary and uh, all the haunted places around Philadelphia. Because, like, PA is, like... Anyone who's been listening to the first 90-some episodes knows that Pennsylvania is a rather spoopy state to live in. Mm-hmm. It wasn't hard to find the material that we're going to read on I'll today's episode. I'll tell you episode. why is it hard. I can't move. <laughs> what? Okay, I saw him breathe. Yeah, no, he's alive. He's alive? Yeah, I mean, it's questionable. Is he living, though? Is he a human? Or is he half the man he used He's to alive, be? but is he living? Alright, Jaden Smith. Calm down. <laughs> so the grudge. Being remade by the guys who made Manborg in the Void. Wait, really? Yeah, I think so. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Sam Raimi is producing. I'm into that. Yeah. He's gonna produce a new, um... It's just American. It's just gonna be straight American. No, no Japan things. What are you doing? Stop. <laughs> Stop. Karen Sauer, give us one of your... It's gonna be weird that it has nothing to do with Japan. Yeah, no. Or maybe it has very little to do with Japan. <sighs> but I guess, like, being the... How many American ones do they make? Two? I think. So let's read. But we haven't even talked about it. Cities. Spooky cities. Scary cities. Silent Hill. Now, it all began because of Centralia. Yeah. We talked about Centralia and how it's like what it based, what inspired Silent Hill. Yeah. It, and it I'm really like, is. man, Centralia's kind of spooky thing. Then there's like, oh, there's Constitution Drive. That's spooky. Mm-hmm. There's Penhurst. There's the whole like Gates of Hell thing. I like the Gates of Hell. That one's interesting. Those are all spooky. I wonder There's pretty uh, much like creepy pastas in America. I wonder if we'll we'll cover any of those. I think Gates of Hell comes up. Um, pretty sure Penhurst comes up. But like we're covering the country. We're covering each state, and then we're covering Pennsylvania as a whole. What do you What do you want to hear about? If there was, like, one thing about spooky locations that you'd want to hear about, what would you want to hear about? What goes on in Wyoming? Yeah. I mean, we're going to find out what the creepiest place in Wyoming is. Nothing, because Wyoming doesn't exist. I hear a bunch of creepy shits going on in Hollywood right now. Yeah. There's a couple creepy things going on. For real? You're pretty talented. You know, yeah, I know, that really is impressive. It just sounds like queefs. Doesn't sound like an asshole. You ever hear a queef? Oh! Like up close? That was a good one. No. It has like a, it has like a, like a vagina kind of sucks in the air first. I'm not gonna lie, it's like a, it's like a quick... <laughs> to like explain it, which is why the, the sucking air sound of the noise you're making... It's exactly like a queef. <laughs> uh, one last thing before we... That was like, that's when get... the lips of the vagina are like, ribble a little bit. <laughs> that's like, that's cool, man. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to get serious in a second. That but exactly like one last, dude. like, vaginal related comment to make. So, some time ago. What's the deal with them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is the deal with vaginas? So, Terrence Howard over there. What? Found a. Uh, I, I never agreed to this new name. I don't like it at plus all. Plus, it's an actor, so it's just like. Fine. Gibbler okay. over there. Alright. Found a uh, Imger post. It might have been you or it might have been somebody else. But it was an Imger post, and it was a girl that can make her vagina clap. Wow. Like, make her vagina sound like clapping. And she was in her friend's room once. <laughs> And I guess she was doing the clapping noise with her vagina, and her friend sat there like, man, somebody's clapping outside, but she's like, haha, it's our secret, Imger. And there are people who can queef on command. If you're willing to, I'm, yeah, no, I, d- I dated someone who could, it was awkward. Was that you, or was that, oh no. What? Nothing. Don't worry about it. My vagina? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing? Whoa. Nothing tra-la-la? <laughs> Nothing tra-la-la? Yeah. You know, Annihilation is like a Netflix original in every other country but America. Like, really? People at home in, like, Canada or Europe can watch Annihilation right now, but it's still in theaters here. People over there are mad because they want to see it in theater on a bigger scale and want to pay money so it makes more money than what it made on Netflix and and we're over here and no one's seeing it. Isn't there a movie that was a Netflix original that came out in theaters not in the Annihilation sense? No, a couple of them. But I was going to say because I remember it was like huge. Beasts of No Nation got was was a limited release and it got tons of awards because it was theatrically released. So we're going to get into this? Yeah. So this first uh, this first thing we're going to read is from a source called Places You'll See. It's the most haunted places in each of the 50 states. We're going to go through the 50 states and read a short paragraph about the most haunted locations in each of those states. And I think it goes in alphabetical order. Alabama, Arkansas, <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> Alaska was <laughs> Anyway, so uh, this first one... Is apparently called the Sloss Furnaces in Birmingham, Alabama. Operating for just under 100 years, this pig iron factory had plenty of time to rack up the numbers of fatalities that occurred on its premises. It's reported that screams, odd noises, apparitions, and even the malevolent ghost of a former foreman haunts this place. I like the idea of, like, even at night when there are no pigs there, you just hear, like, screaming pigs. You know, kind of like a, uh, amnesia machine of pigs, even though it's fucking terrible. I like the idea of somebody just having fun. Yeah. Going to work in the afterlife. Yeah. (laughs) Hotel Transylvania. Number two... Is UAA's Wendy Williams Wendy Williamson Oh Wendy Williamson Auditorium In Anchorage, Alaska You know, um A lot of fucked up shit happens in Anchorage I believe it Um, because It's a Small population Limited government control 
out in the middle of fucking nowhere, and it's cold, and it's creepy. It's kind of like Fargo. While it may look innocent enough, this auditorium has its fair share of unexplained phenomena. Footsteps and voices are often heard, but it's the poltergeist activity that gets the attention. Whether it's brunettes getting shoved, what? or having their hair pulled, Ooh. or stage equipment being thrown. Why does it matter if you're brunette? I don't know, man. Maybe there's a story there. Maybe there's a story there. What I most recently think of with Anchorage is that, um... I was gonna say, doesn't a certain area in Alaska suffer from, like, the idea of 30 days a night? Yeah, not I don't think... Movie, that's not that's not Anchorage. That's, that's further north. Uh, Anchorage is, like, a town, like a mountain town, like a logging town all the way out there. It has it has a population. You know, what you're thinking of well, is... Well, Anchorage is the capital, too. What you're thinking of is, like, an outskirts, like, outpost town that, you know, people move out of seasonally because of the, um, the whole 30 Days a Night thing, which yeah. is absolutely... Which absolutely happens. Ooh. Birdcage Theater in a place called Tombstone, Arizona, with dozens of deaths at this theater due to one type of brawl or another. This famous theater has plenty of fodder for the paranormal. Eerie music, laughter, and shouts often echo through the building. And the spirits of cowboys and prostitutes alike are often seen, and sometimes felt. Oh! <laughs> that, that has the potential for sexy ghosts. Pee touches. <laughs> the Dan Aykroyd scene in Ghostbusters that really confused me as a kid until I was like an adult and I figured out what was going on. The Crescent Hotel. Eureka Springs. Arkansas. Wait. Arkansas. Often referred to as the most haunted hotel in America, this hotel is said to be haunted by several spirits. These include a young woman who died from a fall from the roof, a nurse seen pushing a gurney. That's fucked up. As well as several former guests and owners. Okay, so here's a fun fucking question. Hotel Pepline? I was going to say, would you, in the vein of like 1408, ever stay in like a haunted room? No. Overnight? No, I'd be like, fuck off. Even with people? I'd have to have like 50 people in there. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to be as comfortable as I am. You wouldn't trust like four dudes in a haunted flat? No. I'd be like, who took my... I'm done with this joke already. <laughs> so, this next one is fun, because if you know anything about Alcatraz... Ow. It's the fucking rock. The rock. Johnson. San Francisco, California. That's actually kind of weird. I didn't think Alcatraz would be the most haunted place, but I guess it, it makes sense. Known globally for its infamous convicts and several daring escaped attempts, mostly by Sir Sean Connery, the island and its now-closed prison are home to a great deal of paranormal activity. People have reported screams and sounds of violent fights, as well as doors slamming and people being shoved or scratched. You Who's know, there's on a... Alcatraz? Like, who could just hear that? They do tours. No, that makes sense. I was gonna say, there's a, there's an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that has a, a kid get haunted by Alcatraz. Hey. 
<laughs> it's just like a ghost shaped like Alcatraz following him. <laughs> the Stanley Hotel. Estes Park. Colorado. 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 Rich in history. This hotel was also the original inspiration for Stephen King's The Shining, which seems fitting since staff and guests often report hearing parties in the empty ballroom as well as someone playing the piano. Thought to be the former owner's wife. I would love to go there. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty fun. That'd be awesome. It's the weird that it's called the Stanley Hotel, Stanley. like Stanley Kubrick. Stan Kubrick. Oh. And That's kind of fun. You ever watch the um ever watch the documentary on on the haunts that occurred during the filming of that movie? Mm-mm. It's a fun fun little documentary. I think it's called uh Room uh, uh it's the it's the haunted room in the in the book, The Shining. Um room I want to say 128 728 something, something like, like that. that yeah Seaside Sanatorium Waterford Connecticut Connect I cut built in 1934 this property has been home to several different medical facilities including most notoriously a mental institution I feel like this is the first we're going to hear of a repetitive trait the mental asylum exhibited an inordinately high suicide rate and was the subject of a string of abuse cases, which probably explains the voices and apparitions reported here. What do you, like, we're getting closer to P for Pennsylvania. What do you think is going to be the most haunted place? Do you think it's going to be Pennhurst? I feel like it's going to be. If it's not, it's going to be like... Yeah, it has to be something interesting. Could be Hotel Bethlehem. Wouldn't that be something? Or like Moravian. I'd be okay with either of those. Fort Delaware, P. Patch Island. Wait, yeah, Fort Delaware, P. Patch Island, Delaware. Military activity here dates back to the War of 1812. But Fort Delaware. Oh, I know what's going to be for Pennsylvania. Fort Delaware is most closely connected with the Civil War when it was used as a prison for Confederate soldiers. Gettysburg? Yep. Many of these soldiers still haunt the fort with footsteps, voices, and full-bodied apparitions widely reported. That's not that's not surprising because I've I've been to Gettysburg. I've I remember heard going about there. It, yeah. um, we did the the ghost tours of Gettysburg one night. It was um, it was weird. It was dark. You know, we were we were giggling and we were laughing and you know, walking around. But place is real spooky. Mm-hmm. They keep it that way. They like it that way. Rainy. <laughs> Rainy. I talk about Geist a lot. I love that game. <laughs> There's some Geist... There are definitely some Geist mentions coming up in several episodes. Because uh, I've been watching someone play through um, Beyond Two Souls. Mm. And it's just like a shitty version of Geist. Florida Theater, Jacksonville, Florida. With one estimate placing the number of spirits at this location around 50, this is definitely Florida's most haunted locale. Of particular note is a video showing what is believed to be an apparition, something that the Sci-Fi Channel attempted to debunk, only to find supporting evidence. I see a lot of theaters. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of theaters. I didn't know... Th- I mean, I did know the... You know, the spooky... Um, you know, when you're doing Macbeth, you know, the Scotsman show. But, uh, I didn't know theaters were that notorious at being haunted. Let's go hang out at the Boyd. I'd do it. 
Kennesaw House, Marietta, Georgia. Once a hospital, now a museum, this building once housed wounded Confederate soldiers, hundreds of whom are believed to still haunt the place. One report tells of how a group in an elevator somehow ended up stopping at the basement where they emerged to see soldiers in hospital beds. Yeah, that would scar me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say this, so I'm going to say Ailani, Ailani Palace, Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, Once the residence of the Hawaiian royal family, this palace is now a museum that happens to display a few ghosts. Various royal ghosts have been seen and heard here, with the most frequent sightings revolving around <clears throat> Queen Liliquani. Liliwakalani. Liliwakalani. Liliquan. Laquanda. Old Idaho State Penitentiary, Boise, Idaho. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed it was in Idaho. The enforced residence of criminals such as a political assassin and a female serial killer, this prison was in operation for just over a hundred years and features a range of phenomena including footsteps, voices, shouts, let them all out, these are the things, <laughs> do without, come on, and overwhelming emotional sensations. I'm talking to you talking to you. Oh, no. So, uh, I like how it doesn't just say the names when it mentions them. Such as political assassin, insert name, and a female seemly killer, insert name. <laughs> just make that paragraph more interesting. Yeah, I know. Tell me more. I want to know. Tell me more. Tell Boise, me more. Boise, Idaho. I want to know more. Congress Plaza Hotel, Chicago, Illinois. In operation for well over a hundred years, this hotel has become very well known for its paranormal qualities. Guests and employees have reported everything from apparitions and voices to the presence of a room so horrible that it's been boarded over. That's like 1408. How horrible. I love that movie. I like this title. French Lick Springs Hotel. As if it wasn't enough the first time. French Lick, Indiana. Because, you know, you can't guess where it's at. French Lick. Built at the dawn of the 20th century, this hotel, now part of a larger casino mm. resort complex, Casino, features various hauntings. Many report hearing voices and footsteps that there is a ghost of an elevator attendant who helps out. Oh, that's nice of them. <laughs> And that ghost called a front desk from empty rooms. That that's would spooky. fuck me up. That's like uh, that's like room four hundred one in episode fifty two with uh, crying Hawaiian. That's a ghost who keeps uh, calling the front desk. That's a spooky boy. But where does that one take place? I forget. Room four hundred one. Fun story. Number I like 15. this. This is fun. The Velisca Axe Murder House in Velisca, Iowa. Burger King Foot Lettuce. No doubt the most infamous haunted locale in Iowa, this house was the site of the Velisca Axe Murders in 1912 that ended in the unsolved deaths of eight people, including children. Well, they solved it. It was obviously an axe. What's, what's unsolved here? Oh, no. Children laughing and crying, as well as telling each other to hide footsteps, and shouts have been reported. So how much money would it take for you to stay there overnight? 
a good a good amount. <laughs> I thought you were saying like million. A, a very good amount. <laughs> I don't know. Pay me a couple hundred. I'll stay there. I'll stay there. Yeah. This... How about you, Harold? Heavy hands. How much money would it take for you to stay in the Axe Murder House? That's a lot of money. I don't think anyone's gonna pay for that. I don't think anyone's gonna pay for that either. Pay money to make money, my friend. Wait, they're losing a lot of money. They're not earning any money. Yeah. The Sally House, Atchison, Kansas. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Sally House. Not only is it said to be the most haunted house in the state, but it's also located in its most haunted town. It was Atchison. 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 <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> it was reportedly haunted by a little girl, Sally, who liked to play little pranks. <clears throat> who liked to play little pranks. And an older, unidentified woman who was violent towards the male owner. Fuck you. A- I like the... So, uh, so what's Sally do when she haunts the house? She plays little pranks. <laughs> yeah, but what? Like what? What do you think she does? She hides the tokus. What does that mean? I don't know, man. I thought you were going to say, like, she puts, like, dead mice in people's shoes. Nah, she runs around and, like, murders abusive mothers <laughs> and fathers and stuff, yeah. and then she's like, never again. Yeah. And it runs away into the darkness. Yeah, that sounds like it. Waverly Hills Sanatorium, Louisville, Kentucky. A major site for paranormal research, this now-abandoned complex was once a tuberculosis sanatorium, as well as a nursing home for the elderly and mentally handicapped. It is estimated that thousands have died here, with many of their spirits remaining behind. The Myrtles Plantation, St. Francisville, Louisiana. This late 18th century plantation has had a very colorful history. Well, it's a plantation. (laughs) Resulting in what many claim to be the hauntings of several distinct spirits throughout the main house and the grounds. These include former slaves as well as owners and their children. That's fun. Yeah, it took the route I made like a small joke on, but yeah, that's cool. It's just funny that it says very colorful. Yeah, it's racist. (laughs) Wood Island Lighthouse, Wood Wood Island, Island, Maine. In 1896, a drifter shot and killed the area's local sheriff and then went to the lighthouse to kill himself. It is said that his moans and footsteps are often heard, as well as shadows with a human form. Locked doors are also known to somehow open on their own. Who let him in? Antietam Battlefield, Sharpsburg, Maryland. The Battle of Antietam is one of the most famous battles from the Civil War as well as from American history. Over 20,000 men died here and many visitors have reported seeing apparitions in uniforms as well as hearing cannon and gunfire. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh-huh. Ooh, this is fun. The Lizzie Borden House. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Fall River, Massachusetts. In the 19th century home of Lizzie Borden and her family, this house was the site of the axe murders of her father and stepmother, wildly believed to have been committed by Lizzie herself, even though she was tried and acquitted. She's a regular old uh, Casey Anthony. 
She's a regular old O.J. Uh, Simpson. She's a regular old... Apparitions and voices are experienced throughout the house. That's fun. This name's also fun. Hey, Henderson Castle, Kalamazoo, Michigan. This... <laughs> I like that Michigan has Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. This beautiful house was built in 1895 and is currently a bed and breakfast. <laughs> haunted by the original owners and a soldier as well as a little girl and a dog. Yep. Many people report being tapped, have a radios player even when unplugged, and seeing apparitions. What would the radio be playing? Pitbull. Ooh, let's excuse me, baby. Ooh, yeah, you baby, yeah. Miss Worldwide... Four Paws Restaurant, St. Paul, Minnesota. Originally the mansion of Joseph Fourpaw, this late 19th century house is now a restaurant. The original owner and his lover apparently killed themselves here, and the woman's ghost apparently bangs on the walls, causes glass to explode, and can sometimes be seen. As well as Joseph. Cedar Grove Mansion, Vicksburg, Mississippi. Completed in 1852, the Annabella Mansion was used. Lady Annabella Mansion was used as a hospital during the Civil War to house soldiers from the nearby Battle of Vicksburg. Various manifestations from the house's original family have been reported, such as tobacco smoke. Oh, I love that character. Mm-hmm. Apparitions, including soldiers, laughter, and footsteps. Halfway there, Lemp Mansion, St. Louis, Missouri. Dating back to the mid-19th century, this mansion was long to the home of the Lemp family, a dynasty of rich St. Louis beer brewers. The family was besieged by tragedy, though, as four of its members committed suicide, three of them in the mansion, resulting in rampant poltergeist activity today. University of Montana, Missoula, Montana. The entire campus of the university seems to be teeming with paranormal activity of one kind or another. Reports range from the ghost of a girl who committed suicide and the ghost of a dog to other apparitions and sudden emotional sensations. No, that's just chemical imbalance. Well, that's just being in school, dealing with the debt. Nebraska State Capitol, Lincoln, Nebraska. Several deaths have occurred here over the years, two of which took place in the stairwell of the central tower after two different people fell to their deaths from the 12th floor. Reports include screams and crying, as well as mist that is seen falling through the stairwell. The idea of mist appearing is... would fuck with me. That's classic. Virginia City, Nevada. Just the whole city. Sometimes an entire town is so haunted that it comes to encapsulate all activity featured in each independent locale. Particular note in this town is St. Mary's Art Center, where poltergeist activity, shoving, and odd sounds have been documented, as well as Silver Terrace Cemetery. I like that the entire city is fucked. It's fun. Pine Hill Cemetery, Hollis, New Hampshire. Pine Hill Cemetery, a.k.a. Blood Cemetery, dates back to the 18th century and has been the site of numerous paranormal events. The most wildly reported occurrences involve ghosts sitting on their own tombstones, as well as one tombstone that appears to glow at night. So kind of like anything you'd see in a Haunted Mansion in Disney World. (laughs) Seabrook Wilson House, Port Monmouth, New Jersey. 
Built in 1663, this house was a tavern during the Revolutionary War and became a hangout for spies. Several ghosts are said to haunt this house, including a woman in white, a little boy, and an apparition that is said to be Captain Morgan. Of course Jersey has fucking Captain Morgan. Yeah, that's bullshit. I don't <laughs> think that's true. Highway 666 in New Mexico. Renamed U.S. Route 491, which we read a story about in, I think, Episode 2. In 2003, this stretch of road still maintains its status as the Devil's Highway. Yeah. A huge slew of reported events pepper this infamous highway, including a flaming truck that attempts to run people off the road and ghosts that show up in back seats. See, that's terrifying. Yeah, I always check my back seat. seat. Always check my back seat before I go anywhere. Yo, nice. Yeah, that's actually not a surprise. The Amityville Horror House, Amityville, New York. Undoubtedly the country's most infamous haunted house. 112 Ocean Avenue has been the subject of numerous books, Hollywood films, as well as documentaries. The haunting is experienced by the Lutz family who moved here right after... The DeFeo murders include moving objects, attacks, levitation, demonic apparitions. We also read a short, I think, two-page story on the Amityville Horror in episode 73 with Spum and Cotton. Oh, no. They, uh, they admit to not having seen the movies, but knowing the all-around idea. Brown Mountain Lights, Burke and Caldwell Counties, North Carolina... One of the nation's greatest unexplained mysteries, the Brown Mountain Lights are a series of glowing orbs seen all across the mountain and into the valley below. Various government-sponsored investigations have turned up nothing to explain the lights, which are thought to be the spirits of Native Americans. Which reminds me of your story from your first episode with the lights in the, in the snowstorm. Liberty Memorial Building, Bismarck, North Dakota. Built towards the beginning of the 20th century, this building has experienced a great deal of paranormal activity, all of which is attributed to a presence known as the Stack Monster. He just got all those dollar bills. Yeah, my man. Fat Stack. This entity apparently calls out the names of employees, has been seen repeatedly, and opens doors at random. So it's the ghost of Walt Disney. As long as you're not a Jew. <laughs> the Ridges, Athens Lunatic Asylum, Athens, Ohio. Now part of Ohio University, the Ridges was a mental health institution infamous for the use of electroshock therapy and lobotomy, which just. both of those are fucking terrifying, as well as neglect and abuse. The most well known event is of a woman who died here and left a stain in the outline of her body. I know that one. Supposedly, if you touch it, you get haunted, and she, like, keeps screaming in your ear. Yeah, I do know that. That's awesome. Athens, Ohio. Let's go. Skyrim Hotel. (laughs) Skirvin Hotel, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Dating in 1911, this lovely and opulent brick hotel has collected its fair share of haunts over the years. Such incidents include a female spirit who climbs into bed with the male guests. (laughs) You get all the sexy ghosts. Maids' carts moving down the hall on their own in the crying of an infant. (laughs) Sounds like an old country buffet to me. (laughs) Uh, You were right. McMenamins. 
White Eagle Saloon, Portland, Oregon. Taking in patrons since 1905, this bar and hotel is known for some pretty hands-on <laughs> haunting. Many people feel someone touched them or find it physically impossible to get out of their beds, while others report being shoved down the stairs. <laughs> get the fuck down. Well, all of those things just sound like, what is it, like bed sickness. You guessed it. Here it comes. Wait, can you shove down the stairs bed sickness? Yeah. Okay. You've never seen the movie, uh... I can't remember his fucking name. What's the movie you like so much? Based off the Stephen King book. With Kathy Bates. Misery, oh, Mercy. It's misery. Oh. <laughs> yeah, misery. Gettysburg Battlefields. Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. You know, there's actually a second where I'm like, it's gonna be Centralia. Uh, Centralia's not actually, like, haunted. I mean, the coal... F I think people just evacuated. I don't think people, like, died in the coal fires. Well, there's, like, 11 people, I think, who live there now. Yeah. Still. Yeah. The Battle of Gettysburg incurred the highest number of fatalities of any Civil War battle. With so many men ending their lives in such a traumatic fashion, it's no wonder that paranormal activity here is so high. Everything has been reported here from apparitions of soldiers and voices to the sounds of battle. We also read a story in your episode, I think, 28, Peach Tea Dream King. Yeah, he needs to come back. And we, it's about the shadow people of Gettysburg. And you guys uh, delightfully mock me after reading that, basically saying it was the most boring thing you listened to all episode. <laughs> what? The Lad School, Exeter, Rhode Island. In operation for well over 80 years, beginning in 1908, this facility once housed the mentally handicapped, as well as the criminally insane. It was known for its awful conditions and mistreatment of patients, which may account for the screams and apparitions reported here. You ever see, um, Grave Encounters? It's a fun little, um, fun little horror movie. I think it's on Netflix. I think both of them are. There's two movies, I believe. First one's better than the second one. It's like a Ghost Hunters parody, and the first half of it is like Ghost Hunters. You know, you're, you're following these jackasses on their shitty ghost TV show. And then the place they stay at overnight is, like, actually haunted, and the entire movie shifts, like, halfway through the movie, and it's them actually trying to get away from ghosts. It's actually pretty entertaining. The, um, CGI and practical effects are shoddy, but it's like an indie horror flick from, like, Magnet or something. You know, A24 or something like that. Old Charleston Jail. Charleston, South Carolina. Opened in 1802 and closed in 1939, this jail was home to many infamous individuals, including the country's first supposed female serial killer, Lavinia Fisher. It is said that she, along with many others, still haunt the building. Apparitions, voices, as well as moving and disappearing objects are the norm. Bullock norm. Hotel, Deadwood, South Dakota. Sandra Bullock opened this hotel. Opened in 1895 by Captain Seth Bullock, this beautiful hotel is apparently haunted by his spirit. His presence is amiable to most, but he can cause plates and glasses to shatter when displeased. Many people have seen him, as well as a young girl, have heard voices and been tapped. Hey, move. Hey, get on my way. I'll break your cup. Don't piss me off. Loretta Lynn Plantation House, Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. 
Already well known as the home of the famed singer Loretta Lynn, this house has also garnered a reputation for the paranormal. In fact, the entire surrounding town has gained a bit of reputation, with the ghosts of Confederate soldiers often seen at the plantation as well as throughout town. Yeah, the South the South is gonna be haunted by by the shit. Not surprised. Oof, that's fun. Yeah. Didn't expect this, but we apparently get a lot of listeners from Texas. So this is like a shout out to Texas. The Alamo, San Antonio, Texas. Famous for the Battle of the Alamo that took place between a small force of Texans and a much larger Mexican army, this site is reportedly haunted by those who died defending the site. Many people often see apparitions either coming straight through the walls or walking along the roof. Westminster College, Salt Lake City. This is to my boys out there, Utah. Can I give a woohoo? <laughs> this campus is exceedingly haunted. And not by just one or two ghosts, but by at least seven, seven. well-known go- spirits. The ghosts are spread out over several buildings and are known for appearing at random, issuing odd noises and <laughs> sensations, and sometimes touching passerbys. <laughs> I'm watching anime. The University of Vermont, Burlington, Vermont. With more paranormal activity throughout its campus buildings than anywhere else in the state, this is undoubtedly Vermont's most haunted locale. Poltergeist activity, apparitions, voices, and windows and doors slamming are common features at this school. I mean, what else goes on in Vermont? Yeah. Very plantation house, Virginia Beach, Virginia. It would be a plantation house in Virginia. Yeah. When a building reportedly contains no less than 11 spirits, no less than 11, no not less. 10, not 9, 11, no less, mm-hmm. you tend to sit up and take notice. Oh. Yeah. The early 19th century house is said to be home to former owners and slaves, people who drowned nearby and others lost souls. The Palace Hotel, Port Townsend, Washington. Rife! With spirits, this hotel exhibits a wide range of supernatural happenings. Several different female apparitions have been seen. Some of them thought to be former prostitutes from the last century. Oh, I'll buy that at a fine price. Many people report being touched. Ooh. And having their things moved around. Ooh. My nutsack's on my butthole. (laughs) Oh, no. Not again. Daddy didn't need a butt sack nut hole. I'm sorry. A nut sack butt hole. i the first one. West Virginia State Penitentiary. Moundsville, West Virginia. Investigated by both major television paranormal groups, Ghost Hunters, and Ghost Adventures. This prison, which operated for well over a century, has known a great deal of violence. At least a hundred men have died here between executions and riots, and their spirits have been seen, felt, and heard. Summerwind Mansion, West Bay Lake, Wisconsin. Built in the early 20th century, this lodge-turned mansion was the residence of Robert Lamont, who would eventually leave the house after an encounter with an apparition. Another set of owners left after a few months because the paranormal events literally almost drove them insane. The mansion was struck by lightning and burned to the ground, leaving only the foundation and chimney. And the ghosts! Oh! Oh, Last one. 
Wyoming. Nothing. Wyoming Frontier Prison, Rawlings, Wyoming. Like most prisons, especially older ones, plenty of violent deaths have occurred here that have resulted in widespread haunting. Aspirations and voices are common, as it is a malevolent, malevolent entity that responds with hostility to many people who try to explore certain areas of the prison. No, you can't go there. Don't go in there, I'll hurt you. Can't you can't go down there. Don't you dare. Not really surprised by any of those places. I just, I feel like it's important to start off the episode with, like, a smattering of, of little haunts from all over the country, you know, as, like, a shout-out to people listening from anywhere in the U.S., because we do get several big states. Um, we get a lot of hits from Illinois, we get a lot of hits from Texas, we get a couple hits from California. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fun. We're gonna go into... Uh, now, the six most haunted places in the U.S., and this is from the Huffington Post. Do you think any of these places are going to be from PA? Yes. You think Gettysburg is going to come up again? Maybe. All of them are PA. Ohio State Reformatory. <laughs> Mansfield, Ohio. I'm pretty sure that's PA. This gothic castle-like structure was built in 1896 with the noble goal of reforming juvenile and young adult offenders. As with many best-laid plans, the ideals of a reformatory gradually gave way to institutional reality and the path to a better life yielding to a warehouse of despair, pain, and even death. Plagued for decades with overcrowding, decay, and explosive violence, the doors to the OSR were closed for good in 1990 by a federal order citing brutalizing and inhumane conditions, but something remained behind. Along with the peeling paint and rusting iron bars, the troubled spirits of forgotten inmates still linger behind its thick stone walls. Ghosts of angry men physically attack visitors and staff. Eerie whispers echo through the cell blocks, calling by name those who dare climb reverberating metal stairs to its upper tiers. Apparitions of emaciated prisoners flicker in and out of the dark shadows of solitary confinement, tucked deep in the bowels of the building. And the heartbroken spirit of Helen, wife of a former warden, cries out in her former quarters, her distinctive rose perfume accompanying her presence. These uh, these are from Huffington Post, by the way. I'm not sure if I said that. Huffington? Huff, or like... Huff, Huffington. I just like that even if we are repeating some of these most haunted places, we're getting like a page of details this time. Stop eating chips! <laughs> Sorry, I'm taking a chip break. Waverly Hills Sanatorium, Louisville, Kentucky. Once the last oh, best hope for those suffering from tuberculosis, aka the White Plague, mm -hmm. this enormous bat-wing-shaped building retains the memories and emotions of its former patients and staff. Well, it's bat-wing shaped, so yeah. Before, <laughs> like when you stretch your your scrotal skin out. Before the modern age of antibiotics, wrinkles. fresh air and nutrition were the Scrubs. primary treatments for TB. Doctors tried many experimental procedures to help the afflicted, but drastic surgeries often maimed or even killed the patient outright. Another case of best intentions gone awry. The highly contagious disease could also affect the brain, causing many to go mad. The slow, agonizing death suffered by many Waverly's residents left a residue of dark energy to fester in the building. Ghostly forms follow visitors through the narrow corridors. Phantom footsteps and eerie voices echo among the walls of the body chute, aka the death tunnel, the discreet final exit for many patients. 
an entity known as the Creeper Ooh. climbs the walls and ceilings with its spindly spider-like limbs. Yeah, it's creepy. Thought to be a harbinger of evil, it moves with unnatural speed, stalking those who roam the creepy, lonely corridors. Originally a place of hope for the afflicted, Waverly Hills is burdened with the weight of thousands of suffering souls. I like the Creeper. That's my favorite part so far. Yeah, I like doing that to people's Facebooks. I mean, what? The, oh, this one gets topical. The Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, West and West, Virginia. Too much West in one, like, statement. Before 19th century reform revealed mental illness to be a medical condition, asylums were the dumping ground for society's unwanted. Originally a destination of enlightened empathy and treatment, the famed Kirkbride Method emphasized institutionalization and an architecture that afforded a pleasant aesthetic, but Tala, T-A-L-A, eventually became just another overcrowded, underfunded warehouse of pain and misery. Oh, I'm assuming Tala's the place. Yes. When the doors finally closed for good in 1994, the confused spirits of many former patients stayed locked inside. Murderers, rapists, and other violent offenders still mixed with those whose only crime was depression or substance abuse. Torture ghosts of those who endured horrific ice pick lobotomies inside the asylum scream for justice inside the asylum wall. The lingering spirit of a lonely child named Lily, Lily Ammer, is one of Tala's innocent victims. Like a sentinel, she sits patiently in her brightly colored room waiting for someone to play with her. Play with me. All right. Why are you taking your pants off? <laughs> play with me, Riley. The Red Onion Saloon. Skagway, Alaska. Skags. The Red Onion Saloon. Many who flocked to Alaska during the gold rushes of the 19th century never made it past the staging town of Skagway. Overwhelmingly unprepared for such a backbreaking journey, many stayed in the town and sought their fortune in other ways. Many women found themselves with little opportunity to make a respectable living and turned to prostitution. With no shortage of customers, these soiled doves found plenty of work in Skagway. Brothels became commonplace, and the Red Onion was the best in town. Although only in operation for two years, in the late 1890s, this fascinating place has secured its spot in Alaskan history. It is now a popular tourist attraction, complete with a brothel museum on the top floor, but behind the music and free-flowing brew is a collection of Klondike's most intriguing ghosts. Klondike bars? The spirit of Diamond Lil, a former madame, still keeps a watchful eye on her girls and guests. She caresses male visitors oh, sexy with there. her ghostly hands and whispers seductively in their ears. A malevolent male presence intimidates unsuspecting staff and patrons, bullying both from beyond the grave. The solid apparition of a woman in a long dark dress glides ethereally up and down the staircase. The gaiety of current clients cannot silence the spirits of those who refuse to be forgotten. The Lake County History Center. Plainsville. Painsville. Painsville. Sorry, you're not that basic. Ohio. Museums are often underappreciated source of paranormal activity. For example, the Lake County History Center has everything one could ask for in a haunted location. It was once the site of the Lake County Poorhouse. 
a facility that house the dispossessed of society, the poor, the infirm, the mentally ill, widows, and orphan children, mixing some prisoners and the criminally insane who've got a melting pot of misery. The basement had dirt floor cells with iron doors and cages for the unruly. In contrast, a significant portion of the building was a beautiful home for the facility's superintendents and their families. Elegantly furnished with posh anemones from the Victorian secret era, now it's a living museum filled with antiques and artifacts of days gone by display that tell the history of Ohio and its people. But strange things are afoot at the History Center. Disembodied voices, ghastly moans, and children's cries pierce the silence. Large shadowy figures appear to dart along the hallways. Can't you be? <laughs> a dark energy roams the basement, appearing at times as a pulsating black mass. Keep calling me fat. The ghost of the matron, a severe and silent woman, still holds vigil on the old dormitory floors, keeping a cold, watchful eye on her flock. That's spook. Oh. Mission San Miguel, San Luis Obispo, California. Oh, okay. Founded by a Franciscan priest in 1797, the mission was one of a long chain of missions along the road known as El Camino Real. The Franciscans established these respites along the coastline like a chain to heaven, converting many of the local people to Christianity along the way. The beautiful church built in 1821 still stands today. The mission was secularized in 1834, and in 1848, a civilian named Reed became the proprietor, turning the property into a much-needed hotel and general store. Rumors spread that Reed had a plethora of gold on hand at all times. A tragic robbery turned murder left Reed, his family, and his staff brutally slain for a sack of gold. Their dismembered parts were buried in a communal grave in the church's cemetery. Today, the Mission San Miguel is once again a working church, retaining much of its original character and beauty. The grounds are a museum, a tribute to its former occupants. Encased in the adobe walls are the memories of those who fell victim to its darker days. Phantom priests of decades past return to keep a watchful eye on the congregation. The ghosts of the native people walk amongst the buildings of the old fort acting as protectors of the land, and the spirits of the slaughtered Reed family still linger, seeking justice from beyond the grave. Did you ever watch any, like, Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures shows? Yeah. I used to. Did you ever find them like incredibly interesting, or yeah? You ever you ever be- you ever believe of any of that stuff? No. So you don't like believe in ghosts? I don't dismiss them, but like, yeah, I don't mostly believe in them. Yeah, that's okay. Good. So now we're gonna get in, you know, to the to the main the main feast here, which is the state of Pennsylvania, where we're from. And where we're at, which this website that I got this information from can also tell you any information you want to know about all the best haunted places in your own state. Uh, It's onlyinyourstate.com. If you go there and you select your state, it'll show you some spoopy looks. So uh, this is a set of PA urban legends, uh, with number one being the Seven Gates of Hell in New York, which we, uh, we know about. We knew about going into it. I never knew it was in York. York, PA. As legend goes, an insane asylum once resided in a wooded area of Hellam Township that burned down one faded night. 
Though many patients perished in the flames, many also escaped into the surrounding area, releasing its occupants into the surrounding area. What? Yo, is this a T-Bell taco? Leave it alone, it's mine. <laughs> Seven gates were built to trap the wandering inmates. The myth states that today, only one gate is visible by day, though all seven are visible by night, and that any person who passes through all seven gates goes directly to hell. In reality, an insane asylum never existed in the area, and only one gate was built by a local doctor. I still think that that would make a fantastic fucking movie. Just the idea of, like, and I'm not talking about the ninth gate with Johnny Depp. I'm just saying, like, get get some PA bumblefuck kids, send them out into York, PA, with the idea of fun, haunting, spoopy hell portal. Uh, hilarity ensues. I just think it would be fun. The Green Man. Pittsburgh. The Green Man. Pittsburgh. Yeah. The Green... What do you think when you think Green Man? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I can oh, yeah. that. Yeah, Charlie Day dancing around in his suit. I was going to say the Jolly Green Giant, but... But this is Pittsburgh, not Philadelphia. Pittsburgh, more like... <sighs> this is one legend that turned out to be true. Oh, wow. Residents of the South Park area near Pittsburgh <laughs> during the 1950s often spotted a strange figure walking around Route 351 at night. The figure was a man with a face who allegedly emitted a greenish glow. Locals were frightened by his shocking appearance and how beautiful he was and his nocturnal habits. The man, Ray Robinson, had been severely electrocuted as a child and lost most of his facial features. He only came out at night due to his disfigurement. Though in reality, he did not emit a glow of any sort. He was actually a really nice guy who would chat with anyone who approached him. Though this did not prevent some passerbys from treating him cruelly, or the community from fostering ghost stories about his misfortune. That's so fucking sad. Yeah, that, I wouldn't call that a horror and story. They call it, and they up. call it the Green Man. It's like, he had a name. You admit that he has a name. I went to Pittsburgh with Disco Dracula. And we didn't, um, we didn't get to do the ghost tour I wanted to do, but, like, Pittsburgh is known as being super fucking spoopy, too. You know, it's the birthplace of zombies. It's where they filmed Night of the Living Dead. Um, Philly can be, uh, pretty spoopy. Philly in is, a sense is of, you know, spoopy. getting shot. Or killed, yeah. Here's another Pittsburgh. Blue hey. Mist Road. And that's mist with a Y. Blue Mist Road is actually named Irwin Road and is located in the North Hills area of Pittsburgh. They probably had to rename it. A variety of urban legends populate the spooky stretch of road that is said to be shrouded in a blue mist by night. Two lovers' headstones in an adjacent cemetery are said to touch under the full moon. An old building foundation is said to be the old home of a witch, and another house is said to be home populated by little people who will chase visitors. A half-dog, half-deer, half-human is also said to live in the woods and will chase or harm any person who creeps too far into its territory. That's 150% of a being. People who have traveled to Blue Mist Road in hopes of finding these ghostly entities have mostly only found disgruntled residents. (laughs) Get out of my fucking town. There isn't a half-dog, half-deer, half-human person hiding anywhere. (laughs) It's like in his kitchen, like, are they gone yet? (laughs) What? 
hide the midgets. <laughs> Tell hide them the out. midgets. Look. They're gonna they're gonna give us away. Ah, <laughs> oh, the fucking graves are touching again. Pull them apart. <laughs> the people in this town just trying to keep it together when it's like clearly haunted. It's like uh, it's that time it's of the like month again. Falls. We gotta run the poo factory. Let it go. Oh fuck! It's emitting blue mist again. Oh great. <laughs> I like this next one. You oh, know I do. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Constitution Drive, Allentown. Yet another haunted road. Constitution Drive is a gravel road in a quiet part of Allentown that has a steep drop off on one side and train tracks on the other. It's said that a man was struck by a train one night while walking his dog, severing his leg and leaving him to perish over the course of a few days on a deserted stretch of road. Since passerbys have reported seeing paw prints and a single footprint in the snow left by the ghost of a man and his dogs. Legends also claim that the surrounding woods sometimes emit a soft, whistling sound. The area is populated by tiny, pale-skinned people with red eyes. In reality, a man who lives on the road owns a small, pot-bellied pig farm, which probably explains the albino goblin thing. <laughs> it's just a bunch of pigs! Yeah. It's just me and my family of pigs. Leave I was me gonna the say, fuck yeah. alone. Constitution Drive was always associated with like albinos in the woods. Yeah, it, the, the 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 myth is that if you get far enough on Constitution Drive, you will come to a house at the end of the road that's made out like completely out of glass, and it houses a family of albinos. Come running after who you. come running after you and chase you off Constitution Drive, and some say they chase you down like onto the train tracks to get killed. It's just nuts how that shit gets, like, you know, exaggerated over time. Hey, bus to nowhere in Philadelphia. Another shout out. Bus to nowhere might sound like a song you would have listened to during puberty, but really it is a mass transportation for Philadelphia's lost and hopeless. This website's got some really good singers, by the way. It is said that the bus only appears to those left truly distraught and alone by the most tragic circumstances imaginable. I would love, like, a TV show or movie about this concept. Like a magic school bus for fucked up situations. If your wife took your retirement savings, then ran off to California with Brad Pitt, or your cat ate your children while you were asleep, or something of the like, the bus to nowhere would come for you. Passengers on the mystical bus sit too dazed by misery to interact with or even look at any of the other passengers, and it is only once you temporarily come out of the daze that you will remember to pull the cord and get off. Once you exit, you will have no memory of your time on the bus, though legend states that some have been riding the bus for years, and that some will never leave. Our question is whether SEPTA is in on this or not. I would most definitely say in on it, and funding it 100%, because where else would their fucking funding go? Because it's clearly not going to Philadelphia. birthplace of AIDS. The Devil's Road, Chad's Ford Township. This creepy area just north of the Delaware border is so infused with ghostly tales that M. Night Shyamalan filmed his 2004 horror movie, The Village, in a nearby field. He filmed all of his movies in PA. Rumors state that a white house hidden in the woods on Devil's Road, officially named Kosar Road, was home to a wealthy, incestuous family called the DuPonts. Yeah, no, that's that's an actual story. Do you know about the DuPont house? No. Yeah, I'll tell you my little story at the end. 
who resort to inbreeding in order to keep their fortune within the family. The Cole House was used as a place to perform incestuous marriages and as a place to hide deformed offspring. The trees in the area are dramatically bent away from the house as if they are trying to escape. Piles of animal corpses have been discovered in the area by visitors. Much of the strange activity seen around the Devil's Road can be chalked up to teenage pranksters such as the fishing line that was strung across the road at neck height. So the DuPonts I know about because apparently they were like a family a long, long time ago. And the like urban legend there is that they used to murder people and put them, put the bodies in the basement for like members of the family to eventually feed on. Interesting. Because they didn't like leaving or going into town or dealing with anyone. They were just weird and bred. Texas Chainsaw Inspiration. Number seven, Wildwood Cemetery, Williamsport. Wildwood Cemetery has two sides, a good side and a bad side, and you don't want to see him on his bad side. On a clear night, legend says that you can see fairies on the good side, while the bad side is populated by ghoulish creatures, including a shrieking banshee, and many individual tombs from which you can hear voices and banging sounds. Let me put a quick note out there. Man, that was hands down my favorite episode of Supernatural. When Dean takes on that fucking banshee. I like that. That old woman wanted to bang him. Yeah. And then there's the death girl that could read lips almost way too fucking well. Dean don't know about it. There's a statue who cries and changes position by night that can be seen from the roadside. That's the creepiest fucking sentence I've read in a long time. Mm -hmm. Harold Heavyhands. You're notorious for being afraid of statues. We once watched Rose Bread in high school, and uh, the creepiest part of that movie is the practical effects they use with making the statue lady walk around and kill people. How'd you feel about that movie? With her big old spaghetti fingers. It is said that a retired fireman who was terrified of being buried alive designed a large mausoleum here for himself and his family that he could that could be opened from the inside, but not the outside. At night, they are said to come out and play. That's fun. Yo! This is Easton PA? <laughs> I need to cut that out, but fuck, I... The Goblin of Easton. Apparently there's a goblin in fucking Easton. In battle with a goblin. <laughs> Kissing goblins. Folklore states that a greedy monk who worked at a mission in Easton, Pennsylvania, made a fortune from blackmailing wealthy people who confessed their sins to him. He grew increasingly forceful with the coercion until finally he was hanged for beating a frail elderly woman to death. Holy shit. The mission was not rid of the evil monk so easily, however. His body sprung to life and transformed into a monstrous ghoul before the crowd. He disappeared in a nearby forest and returned only to feast upon the remaining monks at his old mission. Soon the other monks fled and left the building to crumble. <laughs> I just like the idea of this little asshole running around east and fucking up everyone's day. The Storm Hag from Erie. <laughs> Though Pennsylvania is landlocked, we do have access to Lake Erie, a member of the Great Lakes, which are notorious for their violent, unpredictable storms. You ever been out to Lake Erie? 
No, actually. I have. I uh, I wove a rate. I drove a wave rider there for uh, for a day. It was super fun. Ridge Racer! Presque Isle is an area of the lake notable for the large number of shipwrecks and disappearance that have occurred there. This is where the storm hag is said to live, on the bottom of the lake, emerging only to feast upon unfortunate sailors. She has venomous snails, strong wraith-like arms, green pointed teeth, slimy green skin, and cat-like eyes that are the last thing their victims ever see. Like a siren, she sings an enticing song immediately before attack. I hear it's Toto by Africa. I was going Africa by Sound Off. I thought it was going to be like uh, Scrubs TLC. I like how I've been there and I have no fucking clue about that. But I mean, it was just a super cool lake. It was huge. It was fucking awesome. Well, it's a great lake. Yeah, dude. Um, that story also reminded me of Cannibal Siren. Shout out. We have a siren on the podcast. It's the only girl that comes on and reads stories. Her episodes are awesome. And this is going to be the last haunted location in PA. The house on Ridge Avenue. Ridge Racer. The house on Ridge Avenue or the Congelier House. It's in Pittsburgh. The house on Ridge Avenue or the Congelier House was for a long time considered the most haunted house in America. Shit. In fact, Thomas Edison once visited when he was experimenting with seance. What happened to inspire such ghost tales, you ask? It was like I wasn't expecting the question. (laughs) The original owner of the house, Charles Congelier, was discovered having an affair with the maid by his wife. Having an affair with the maid by his wife. I don't like the way that's said. It was discovered. Murdered. Oh, it was discovered by his wife. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Now it's making sense. Who murdered the duplicitous? Who murdered the duplicitous couple? A few days later, a neighbor discovered Miss congeniality, muttering at the maid's decapitated head of what she had cradled in her lap while she sat in her rocking chair. As if that incident wasn't enough, the owner of the house was a reclusive doctor who it was discovered had a collection of women's heads in the basement (laughs) that he was using for experimentation. (laughs) That's fucking awesome. After the crazy doctor, the house was converted into housing for immigrant workers who moved once they began mysteriously dying. Wait, who moved? Who moved once they began mysteriously dying one by one. So most of them got out. Eventually the house ex- <laughs> Let me let me go back quickly. This re-read. is a lot has yeah, happened. Yeah, I gotta reread this last line real a quick. A lot has happened. So let me reread this so it's being correct. After the crazy doctor, the house was converted into housing for immigrant workers who moved once they began mysteriously dying one by one. Now I read that right. Eventually, the house exploded, <laughs> leaving only a crater in its path. Locals insisted that it had been transported back to hell where it came from. To the disappointment of paranormal enthusiasts, however, most of the grisly tales surrounding the house have been debunked by historical evidence. So, like, none of that shit happened is what they're saying, and that it's just all hearsay. I mean, it fucking exploded, dude. I would really, I would really consider going back down to Pittsburgh for like a weekend and just doing all the ghost stuff around like October, just because they have, they have awesome tours and awesome like zombie film festivals and shit. Mm. Oh well, yeah, that's why you got to go to Monroeville for the Monroeville zombies. Yeah, dude, we went there. We went to Evans City. We checked out the graveyard. We went to the fucking museum. 
Dead. Really fucking cool stuff. And that's where we saw last podcast on the left, which is, you know, inspiration for this fucking podcast. This, uh, this podcast will always be a love letter to that show. And I love those three so much. Yep. So, this was our special on haunted fucking locations. Uh, how do, how do you feel? You know, there's some I'm surprised weren't in there. Like? Watermelon Baby. Yeah, melon, the, the melon heads. The melon baby up in the, uh, Lehigh Inn. In the, in the, like, past Poconos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, there was yeah. a watermelon baby in Lehigh Inn, and that's only up the way. Yeah, the, uh, the melon heads, I'm surprised they didn't talk about them, and we also didn't see Penhurst. Yeah, that's actually Which is interesting, because, you know, it's, it's such a, um, it's such a thing now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just been in the last couple years with the rise of like haunted attractions and you know um, kind of reforming these historic locations as like haunted attractions and tourist spots. Maybe that's why Penhurst is so big now because they when when did they reopen it? You know, when was it shut down? I don't I don't know the timeline. I've been there once, so yeah, and it was I'm sure it was part of an an art trip. I was just taking photos. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like it might just be... It might actually be haunted. You know, it, it might just be a tourist trap for for a place that's big and they can't tear it down, so they've found a way to make it make profit. Who knows? But um, we have a lot of, like, little myths and creepy things in PA, and I love that uh, M. Night Shyamalan kind of, like, picked up on that. He filmed signs over near... Um, where's the Chameleon Club at? Lancaster. Lancaster. Outside Lancaster in the farming, in the Amish lands is where, um... Really? M. Night Shyamalan <clears throat> filmed signs, and, you know, he filmed the, the city sections and the town parts outside, like, Lansdale farmland. And, uh, you know, we mentioned Village, but Sixth Sense and Unbreakable take place in Philadelphia. So does Split. Split takes place in Philadelphia. Lady in the Water might be the first of his movies that doesn't take place in in PA, which is our, which is where people argue that all of his movies start to want, you know go downhill. I think that one takes place in Florida, or Georgia or something. Georgia Peach. Not that it matters. I I like I like his movies. I think he gets shit on too much. The Visit takes place in PA, but I don't even really like that movie either. Happening takes place in PA. The Mist. Do, do you remember them filming Happening? No. I remember people talking about it. It it was in between us and and Philly, somewhere in there. I mean, I was gonna say I remember when they filmed like Transformers over in Bethlehem. <laughs> yeah, they filmed they filmed uh, Transformers Two. What was that one called? Shit. Fall, it was fall like of, the falling, the fall, rise of the fallen, or the, some bullshit like that. Yeah, something like that. They filmed the the, the Japan scene with uh, the destroyer, like fifteen minutes from where we live, which was super cool at the time. And I remember how uh, almost like any Asian person in high school that we like talked to, you know, always said like. Yeah, they, they need Asian extras, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm gonna cut his name out, but like, he was always like, yeah, I'm gonna go be in 
go be in Transformers because yeah. I'm Asian. <laughs> well, even like uh, I, I mean, I don't think you see him or anything, but I, I wouldn't doubt. That yeah, he's, I think he's he in was an extra though. That's really funny. Anyway, that it's a good state to film stuff. It's a good. We're, we have a lot of different um, fun locations. You could film cities here on the cheap. You could film farmland stuff on the cheap. And, it, and it's always lit real well. You know, it's not too hot, not too bright. Not too cold. Um, I think that's the reason why people don't film more stuff in the, uh, in the Midwest. I feel like they, they could get their fill out of the East Coast and be totally cool. But how'd you feel about this, uh, this country, this country episode? Yep. What do you, if you could name this episode, what would you name it? Where the fuck did you get chips? Where the fuck did you get chips? Yeah. Alright. Or stop eating jelly beans. It's almost <laughs> Easter. It's almost Easter, dude. That doesn't make that doesn't make sense. Easter is about Jesus. God damn it. Harold Heavy Hands. How'd you feel about this episode? I'm gonna go meet that goblin tomorrow. <laughs> You're going to drive four to five hours all the way to Pittsburgh just to meet that goblin? No, it's in Easton. Oh, you're right. It's in Easton. So you're going to drive like 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 15 to 30 I'm minutes. Go find him. You got any final words to add, Harold Heavy Hands? Did Russell Brand get here? <laughs> <laughs> Oi, it's me, Russell Brand. <laughs> I came here to shoot a movie. A movie about an outdated show. Going? An outdated show <laughs> that not many people Why? know about. I'm Russell Friend. Look at me. My name I'm is Arthur. <laughs> I'm rich. Does people remember Arthur? No. Nobody remembers that show. <laughs> it's a movie. Hey, look at me. I'm Russell Brand. I'm here from New York. I'm ending this. I'm gonna fuck you up, Jonah Hill. <laughs> what? Kisses. Does that get into the green? Kisses. Two to the one, one to the three. I like good pussy and I like good trees. Smoke so much weed, you wouldn't believe. And I get more ass than a toilet seat. Three to the one, one to the three. I met a bad bitch last night in the D. Let me tell you how I'm gonna leave with me. Conversation and